Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Turkey Caleb. I'm your host, Sweet Potato Casserole Daniel. It's good to see you, Daniel. And this oh, wait, episode yeah, right. is brought to you <laughs> by Candied Green Beans. Thank you, Candied uh, Green Beans, for sponsoring the show. Yeah. Um, is there a read that you have to do for them? Oh, yeah. Um, candied Green Beans. Since 1897, Candied Green Beans have been bringing the family together. Built on the foundation of regular green beans with a little added sweetness, candied green beans are all you need to get through the holidays. Bow, bow, bow. Um, hey, someone DM'd me on Twitter and asked if we take sponsorships for our show. What did Caleb, you say? do we take sponsorships for our show? Well, clearly we do. Yeah. We took the green beans. We took the green beans. We do take sponsorships. Um, we take them here, the we take them there. Things we just make up at the beginning of the show. Yeah. We don't accept money. We don't accept money, especially from companies. Um, is it a good person that wants to sponsor us? I don't, I don't actually know who this person is. Oh. Is it like a cool service or just something? I, unclear. Unclear. It's, I mean, it's a dude who's got multiple companies' ads in his bio. So I'm not mm, sure which mm-hmm. of those companies he wanted to have sponsor us. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. This could be a serial entrepreneur. This could be um, this could be a guy with a bunch of gigs. I don't know. But uh dude reached out and said, do you take sponsorships on your podcast? And I didn't respond yet because um, I'm still having a hard time. The art of negotiation. Like, Let him squirm. Well, and it's like, and I always feel pressure, like social pressure to like say yes, but I really don't want to take the sponsorships. <laughs> so, I mean, our philosophy in the past, we did, we had a one real, well, two real sponsors, right? We had a... We had three real sponsors, I believe. Did we? Yeah, we had Backblaze. Backblaze. Thank you for sponsoring the show, Backblaze. Backblaze. Thank you. Sorry, we didn't do better for you. Um... And then uh, we had uh, Honey Badger, um, which is a error monitoring service, um, and it's made by real cool devs. Um, and then we also had uh, the third one, which was Rogue Amoeba, um, with whose software I am recording right now. Right, right, right. With which so, software? The software of De La, De La Rogue Amoeba. Yeah. Um but yeah. So yeah. we've had sponsors. Right. And we we were asked for more sponsorship by someone which is kind of crazy. Yeah. A past sponsor came back and was like, "Hey, you okay. ready for another round? You ready for more sponsorships?" And um, actually we can say who it was because what we did with them is we asked them to match contributions to uh our bail fund. And that was word, that right, was right, right, right. Honey Badger, which was an awesome thing. Um and that yeah. that those types of sponsorships I think I'm always open to, you know, like, oh my God. Dog. My dog. dog's fine. Dog's my fine. My dog's, dog's fine. Yeah, whatever. Excited. You know what? It's Thanksgiving. The dog's on the show. You know yeah. what? Hannah's making stuff. We're probably going to hear a blender or a, oh. you know, a thing. The, Listen, what do you call that it, with the, the spinny oh, things? Like an emulsion? An immersion blender? No, I'm thinking like a, just a mixer that you mix like cookie dough with. 
You know what's crazy, Caleb, is that I used to know the names of all the cool kitchen gadgets. Oh, yeah. And now, like, I can't... Like a slap chop? Well, no, but I can't remember whether it's called an immersion blender or an emulsion blender. Immersion blender. The one that, that like, you stick in. Yeah, it's like a wand a that little, you like, stick cone. into a bucket. I'm pretty sure that's an immersion blender. I think it might be an emulsion blender. I don't know. Because it makes an emulsion. Of... Anyway, that's right, an no, amazing that tool. Sense. I want one. Yeah, those are cool. But they're only really great if you need to make five gallons of something. No. They're good otherwise. Just stick it in your, you know, cup of... Yeah, but, like, something. they don't make them small enough to stick it in, like, a... They should. That's a tiny should little do. immersion emulsion totally. blender. They should make them that, you know, you just, like, stick it in your... You throw a bunch of fruit in a cup, uh-huh. and you stick it in. Yeah, but, Only like... Only problem is it'll splash out. Yeah, well, and also, like, it has to be big enough to, like... I think the mouth of a of whatever type of blender this is needs to be large enough to at least consume like a clove of garlic, you know, if not like a berry, like a full strawberry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I'm so talking if you make like, it small enough to fit into a cup, the entry hole won't be big enough to consume a strawberry. Dude, how big do you think a strawberry is? Like, how big do big, you think a, a cup big strawberry is? Like a, an inch and a half. Dude, how big is the opening for a cup? Yeah, but you need to be able to We're stir it like around while inches. it's in the cup. You can't just ha- you can't just like have it slot. No, that's directly what I'm talking about. Cup. Slot directly into the cup. Oh, slot. You but don't then... stir the stationary blender around inside of the magic that's bullet. That's true. That's it just true. chills. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And you can lift right, it up. Caleb, and push I think it's it back time in. for us to get onto our list of things in the Laravel community we're right, thankful right, for. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're supposed to do this episode. Um, this year. <laughs> I am thankful for. Um, Can we not even just do the bit? Because I think even doing the bit is going to make the show bad. <laughs> I am thankful oh. for. Um, what are you thankful for, D. Cole? I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even that thankful this year. Yeah, um, the um, the title of this episode should be a list of things we're thankful for. Yep regardless of what we end up talking about on this show um dude i'm doing a bug bounty at work let's talk about this dude bro it's the most fun thing ever did you create the bug bounty program um i don't know i think like who chris, wrote that page did you just like copy chris that wrote the page somewhere? although all that copy is changing i've rewritten all the copy for that okay um because for the listener you should go check this out in the user, you should go to internachi.com slash hack us for it's you. It's nachi.org. Internachi.org. Inter- also, actually. Internachi.org slash bug dash bounty. And it's a, it's a fun read. It's really cool. It's like, here's what we will pay you for. There's like levels of bugs. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's what we will pay you for. And here's what we won't. We won't. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty explicit. Like, you can't physically intrude on our company and like you know so you a lot you of those like break in restrictions and- <laughs> are actually stolen from the hey.com bug bounty okay um so the base camp folks gotcha. uh run a bounty on hacker one so we stole the no physical intrusion we also stole the adding a special header to your traffic thing from That's them so cool it's I such a good that. idea because uh when we are looking at our network logs and we see a ton of people 
doing crazy stuff from India. It's yeah. like, oh no, this could be really bad. Oh no, they have the X bug bounty header set. Okay, never mind. These yeah. are these are fine. Oh, and good it's fine. People. Don't investigate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, having a blast. Uh, we've paid out. Let me think. We have at least offered payment for. I don't know how many of these payments have actually been made yet. I know some have and some haven't. We're like getting PayPal emails from people and stuff but okay i think we've authorized for payment about four thousand dollars worth of bugs wow in the last two or three days how do people find this like how, how to how to ha- um like- so there's a something called open bug bounty um okay. which is a so you know about hacker one do you know about hacker one no okay so hacker one is like the big bug bounty provider and it's a website that you can go to to like run a bug bounty and they have software for bug bounties and it's cool because you have these like private conversations with the hackers and then you pay them out and then at the end they can ask to disclose the conversation and then you can agree to disclose it or you can redact certain parts of the conversation and then disclose the rest of it um okay. which is cool because p- hackers want to do disclosures cuz it's good for their career and their social media profile and stuff ah. um and c- so but you can't disclose it until it's been fixed you know so uh-huh. it's this whole and so like it's they hacker one has built a cool system for like managing disclosure timelines and managing what sorts of information are allowed to be disclosed and what sorts of information are not allowed to be disclosed and it's a really cool program um, and so you can go on Hacker One and you can just read the full conversation between like hackers and Uber who found like giant data disclosure bugs in Uber and got paid $20,000 for those bugs, you know? Um, and so it's, it's cool. Um, so anyway, we uh, have talked to Hacker One and it's possible that we'll run our bug bounty on Hacker One at some point, but you, it's like an enterprise software thing where it's like, you know, call us for pricing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh-huh. we'll see. Um, but Open Bug Bounty is basically a free and open source bug bounty oh, okay. system. I think I used Open Bug Bounty for. Is it possible? Is it possible? Uh-huh. Maybe not. Well, I used some software for the GitHub bug bounty thing on the Liveware repo when I did that. I don't know. I mean, our our bug bounty is just listed on Open Bug Bounty. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like, um mostly like people are coming to our page and using our form on our page to submit bugs right um no one has yet submitted a bug in the bug submission form although i'm waiting for that one (laughs) that'll be that'll be fun what do you mean well like what if what if the actual form that you use to submit bugs had a sql injection or something in it how crazy would that be that'd be great um but yeah it's been so cool and like there have been like we had a wildcard subdomain pointing to wix um which is very bad yeah because that means that someone could just register a wix site and say that they had any subdomain of natchi.org and uh and then basically have that subdomain that's crazy which would allow them to get through all sorts of like content security policy stuff and get through all sorts of cross-site like uh cross-site scripting stuff and all sorts of did somebody crazy nastiness yeah okay so that was someone we paid a bunch of money to that's awesome. Um, cause it was like, Oh wow, this is a huge thing. Thank you for finding this. Like, here's yep. some money, you know? Um, somebody, 
SVG. Do you know that SVG? So SVGs can have JavaScript in them. Okay, that's a thing. Um, in what way? Like what? How would? How does it like look? Like SV, SVG is just markup. Right, right. right. But where, so you, you can, can just stick a script tag inside of an SVG. Okay. And that script tag will execute. Um, if it's like literal SVG on a page. If it's not literal if SVG it's like on a page, not if it's in an a image source tag. attribute. Okay. Um, yep. but uh, so we had one upload field where you could upload SVGs and. Someone was oh, able to upload. Ha. Someone was able to upload an SVG with JavaScript in it, but hey, they weren't able to get that SVG to render because that rent that SVG always is displayed in an image tag. So that one we didn't end up paying out for. But the same hacker also found in a different place that they were able to set their username to an SVG string. Nice. That included JavaScript. Wow. And then cross-site script on our exam page when it says hello username so this so uh, hello username page, why was it not sanitizing it, it was, an, it was an old legacy system yeah dude so the legacy we've, system we've thing. rewritten we've rewritten the exam system and it's in beta right now and it's not launched but the old version of before we rewrote the exam system yeah is just like some old procedural php and someone somewhere just like inserted like user dot username or whatever into into a page um so it's stuff like that man it's like those are the types of things that we're catching yeah um which are really good things to catch you know like sure. definitely want to catch those things so anyway svgs are crazy and it's wild that you can do so much with svgs um we and then the big one to me the most interesting one is the um is the x forwarded host password reset attack which i think we should explain sure. on here because it's hard to wrap your mind around yeah like you want me to when give i explained it because i barely when know i, I sent you the is. video you watched the video and you still weren't exactly sure how it worked yeah admittedly i skimmed the video okay that, that'll like i it. started watching it and then yeah, i yeah, like yeah. skipped ahead a little and then uh you know uh -huh. um i got a real short attention span even for a six-minute sure, sure, video sure. there yeah, yeah this close to thanksgiving who doesn't i know really yeah we're um, all just so overwhelmed with being thankful yeah exactly English, back to the list um so <laughs> <laughs> the attack is crazy here wait why don't you explain the attack yeah that'll okay. be better so here's the attack folks mm -hmm. okay for this to happen mm -hmm. the scenario has to be that you're hosting your app's not on normal forge it's not a normal laravel forge app if you're on a normal laravel forge app you're good yes the somewhat likely case that you are at a company that uses like aws and you yes. have somebody who runs like ec2s or whatever for your laravel yes. app and you have a load balancer in front of the ec2s so that you right. have like a few instances a few ec2 instances and you have a load balancer up ahead of them correct and now this is the part where don't even fill in the gaps right now because I okay. don't really understand reverse proxies and load balancers. Like in my mind, it's like, okay, a load balancer is nothing but a server that decides what other server to pass traffic to and mm -hmm. to also route that same traffic in the response, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a router for, for internal um, instances. 
And so I, the only time that I've like dealt with anything like this, I've worked at companies that had load balancers, but I've never done a lot of the system stuff with it. Sure. But, um, but so I'm in a like, similar situation because I didn't set up the load balancer. So okay. I don't know 100% how this works, but I have a good idea. Okay. Good enough idea. And to my knowledge, like this is where Chris Fadao's trusted proxies package is like useful, right? When you're mm-hmm. using load balancers, mm-hmm. which I don't even fully understand. So let me finish the, um, I'll finish the explanation as much as I can, and then you can fill in all my gaps. So this is in situations where there's a server in front of your main layer of a lap. Okay. Now let's establish a typical reset password form on any standard Laravel app. The one that sure. like ships with mm-hmm. Laravel auth maybe? Yes? Does um, it ship with password reset? It is now called Laravel Fortify, but yes. Okay. So you use Fortify or Jetstream or something and you Jetstream have... Jetstream uses Fortify. Right. Okay. They and, all... So Breeze the, uses Fortify, I imagine. Well. I've, I've been confused by the many auth packages. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out they all use Fortify. Yeah. Like okay. at the base. Fortify is at the base of all of them. Okay. So you got your Fortify. You got your password reset form. So the deal with the password reset form, anybody can visit any password reset form. That's the idea because you forgot your password. Yeah. The so, slash forgot password form. Yeah. And then you put in a user, your own, typically your own email address, hit reset password. You get an email with a link to reset password and you reset the password. What happens in that transaction when you hit reset password or request password reset or something mm-hmm. when you click the link in the email yep no no i'm saying when you quit when you f- submit the form okay. on the laravel app when sure. you submit that form um there like I, I don't know the few times i've written it like in your controller you generate a signed link like a yeah a signed url sure. um, which are awesome signed urls are so cool mm-hmm. um except for the vulnerability that you're about to describe it's not just in sign URLs. It's anytime you use the URL helper. Okay. Okay. So uh, that is interesting. So signed you. That's really interesting. Um, so quick briefing on signed URL to the user. Signed URL is basically like if you want to expose something sensitive in a URL, but you can't rely on normal authentication. So it has to be public, but it also can't be public. You know, like it can't right. be freely available, but you want to be able to say, email somebody a link that you want to be able to authenticate something. a user by the fact that they clicked a link. Right. The, the authentication has to be baked into the URL. Okay. Right. It's a good way of describing it. So that's what's baked in the URL. You generate a signed URL to reset the password and you email that to the user. They have a reset password button. They click it. It takes them to that page. That's like a secured public page. Uh, Decol is shutting up the dog. I'm going to keep going here. Um, <laughs> it's, okay. So it, it takes, you click on the link, it takes you to the page that is secure per se, based on that hash in the URL, the signedness of the right. URL that says we authorize this user. Okay. What do you want your new password to be? Set it. Okay. Yes. So that's the foundation. That's the flow. That's the flow. Here's where the vulnerability comes into play. Yes. The vulnerability comes into play because... The URL helper in Laravel, when you generate a URL, the domain, the like HTTPS colon whatever, is generated or respects the X forwarded by header. Uh, X forwarded host. X forwarded host header. Okay. So normally it uses just X host on a normal server? Um, There are... So basically, it all falls back to the, um, eventually, if you source dive it far enough, you get to the symphony request 
file, right? right? Request.php in Symfony. And there's a get host method. And there's a bunch of stuff under this conditional, but the first thing in that method is a conditional which says, if we're on a trusted proxy and there is an X-forwarded host uh, header set, then use that. Okay. How does it know that we're on a trusted proxy? Because that is a requirement for setting up uh, a reverse proxy or a load balancer, right? Is that you have to basically trust the load balancer from within Laravel and say that like, because all of the traffic is going to be proxied through your load balancer, right? right? So if I'm the random EC2 instance behind a load balancer, yeah, all of my traffic is going to be proxied through this other EC2 instance, which is my load balancer up front, right. which is running Nginx or something. Yeah. And so I need to run trusted proxies to basically make all of that work. That's the part I don't understand. What is I don't trust- fully understand it either. Um, all right, well, let's try to figure it out. Okay, what, let's do what it. Is tr- so you got, you got your reverse proxy, your load balancer, whatever, your like EC2 instance that is a load balancer. Sure. That's running Nginx. Uh-huh. So if I type in a URL from my browser, I'm hitting that server first. Mm-hmm. Then that server goes, and that's the public one with mm-hmm. the you attached to the domain name and everything. So then, and I have my route to that, whatever in the route, you know, like slash right. users slash whatever. Okay. So that reverse proxy goes, okay, I'm a load balancer and I'm going to decide which server to forward this traffic to. Right. So I pick server a right. and I basically make a request to server a. Now here's the part that confuses me is like, what's the difference between that and just a normal request? What is, what is that? You know? So I would imagine a bunch of the headers are different. Right. Okay. So I would imagine that like there's headers from the client that you would lose in the forward. Why couldn't you just forward all the headers? Uh, I imagine you could. Um, what is it? What is it that causes this? What is it? Do we want to mm. read docs on the show or do we want to figure it out? Let's try to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> so it has something to do with. So let, let's work backwards from the trusted proxies middleware. Chris Fidow's trusted proxies middleware thing. Sure. That ships with Laravel, I think, now. Yes, it does. And and there's like a list of what? A list of URLs? IPs, I think. IPs? Yeah. So why does, what does Laravel have to trust, you know? Oh, maybe, okay, here's what it probably is. You don't want people to be able to hit your application servers directly. Okay. You want Why people not? to have to go through the reverse proxy. Okay. So maybe you're whitelisting the reverse proxy URL or IPs and saying these are the only IPs that we trust. Interesting. So and why wouldn't so I would think that normally it would just be behind like behind okay. a yeah, network. Yeah, like a security like yeah, I am Amazon stuff or whatever. I am wall group thing, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's probably true. So thing. what what are trusted proxies for? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe it's, it's... What do you got? Hmm. <laughs> what are trusted proxies for? What are trusted proxies so for? So the proxy is... It's like what... The, the proxy is the load balancer. Why is it... Why do we have to trust it? Like... Why do we, why do we have to trust it? And what are we trusting? Is it the, the IP of it? Is it... Um, I don't know. 
It's got to be the IP. So so let's just work with the mental model. Yeah, we're trusting the IP. Let's work with the mental model that, that the, sure. the request comes in. Uh-huh. And the the host of the request is the actual host, which is that server. Mm-hmm. But then it has a forwarded host header that mm-hmm. says, this actually came from... Ah, else. shoot. Wait, what if it's like... Damn it. Forwarded host header. What does forwarded host header usually contain? Why can't I just change? I don't think it normally contains anything. Okay, so if I if I make a request to google.com. Yes. What is the host header? Does it say google.com, right? It says like google.com in the request. Sure. Why can't I just change that to calebporzio.com? So most servers are configured to throw a 403 when that happens. This is the key here. So let's say, okay, the server is configured to, for, to, to throw a 403. <sighs> so maybe I don't know. But maybe it has something to either. do with like the domain is attached to the reverse proxy server IP. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the Laravel app needs to think that it has the domain name for some reason. Right. But by default, like the X forward host header isn't set on this request. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So normally this whole conditional would get skipped. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, sorry, we've gone into the weeds. All right. The important, the important thing is that for some reason, if you're running behind a reverse proxy or a load balancer with NGINX, you need to set trusted proxies right yes you're, are you reading docs on the show caleb? i'm gonna do it while you're explaining this okay cool. <laughs> i'm breaking the rules so four four reasons that caleb will know very soon if you are behind uh and nginx reverse proxy you need to set trusted proxies um if you have set trusted proxies and the x forwarded host header is set you proc this conditional in Symphony's request.php, which says, now use the exported host header content as the domain name for this URL that we're generating. And that is a bad thing. What you got? Ah, uh, dude, I don't freaking know. I'm going to read this, okay? I love reading docs on the show. Honestly. How does this work? This is Thank you. Fidelipers Trusted Proxy Package. Good. How does this work? Applications behind a reverse proxy typically read some HTTP headers such as X forwarded, X forwarded for, and X forwarded proto, and more, mm-hmm. to know about the real end client making an HTTP request. Mm-hmm. Note, if those headers were not set, then the application code would think every incoming HTTP request would be from the proxy. So I think the problem is like, Let's say in your app, you want to log oh, the user's right, IP address, the uh-huh. user's IP address. So you use like whatever that, that header is, mm-hmm. um, but you would be setting the proxy's IP address. So you want to, so you want the proxy to set all uh-huh, these uh-huh, forwarded uh-huh. on top of their own request things. Right. To basically say like, I know it looks like this request is coming from a random server in Amazon somewhere, but actually it's coming from like a person using Firefox in Oklahoma. Right. And this is yeah. what we are, we've already established. This just kind of solidifies So the exported host, here's probably what it is. Okay. Let's say that instead of um, NGINX forwarding requests to an IP address, 
let's say nginx was forwarding requests to a domain name right okay. so something hits the load balancer and it sends it out to like app server one.natu.org or app server two.natu.org yeah okay now the host header is going to be app server one.natu.org on that sure. request right so yeah. the x forwarded host basically says hey i know that it looks like the host is this but actually the host should be this right but I feel like we've already established that part. The question is. So what I'm saying is like, imagine I am on, a, I'm a load, or I'm like a load balanced application server, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm generating a URL. Yep. By, by like, naturally, I would generate a URL to appserver1.natchi.org slash reset password. Yep. So I think that's what I'm getting at. Am right. But because of X forwarded you're going to you're going to get use, the load balance your generation is going to make the, yeah. right so the question for me is why do you what what is trusted about this so i think this maybe this next paragraph will illuminate some of that tell me so laravel has a concept of trusted proxy where those x forwarded headers will only be used if the source okay where those x forwarded headers will only be used if the source ip of the request is known got it because otherwise if People there's just send random stuff Right. So I think in our, I think we were kind of onto something when we were like, well, why would we need that if like you're in like an, an EC2 cluster, you know, if uh-huh. you're in like a security group or something. But I think we have to kind of assume that, that the server is publicly accessible in some way. Sure. And this makes it so that you can't make a request from your computer, but set the X forwarded host to HTTPS colon colon slash slash colon slash slash whatever calebporzio.com which would then make your laravel app generate urls thinking it's its own url to calebporzio.com which then i could forward re- password reset links to my own url so which is what we are actually doing caleb right okay so, it's so that's because the it's behind there. a reverse proxy it is a trusted so i think the situation here is that nginx on the load balancer is not by def- is not required to set these x forward host headers right okay so if you just read and this is chris's point chris has a comment on my pr to this effect okay if you just go out and read tutorials on how to set up a load balancer or a reverse proxy yep. for laravel using nginx okay none of those tutorials are going to tell you set the x forwarded host header interesting Right? Because it's not required. Nothing's going to break if you don't have it implemented. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, it's just a security hole because if you, the load balancer, don't set that header, then you're allowing the user to set that header and the load balancer will just forward it on. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? I do. I think I need to work backwards a little bit and quick, like, why, why my Forge server... Mm-hmm. Why do I not worry about this? Because Forge by default just blocks X forwarded's. Well, no, because you're not on a trusted proxy, so it doesn't fall back to that logic of using X forwarded host. But how does it know you're on a trusted proxy again? Uh, it's just request arrow is from trusted proxy. Right. That's what we got to get to the bottom of. Yeah. So where is that? That's in uh, Symphony HTTP Foundation request. Okay. So I'm going in into get search. Host method. We got HTTP request. We're going to go into 
uh the symphony one you say yeah um so symphony request and what is this it's get host method uh get host method get host okay and then the first yeah if this is from trusted proxy let's go to is from trusted proxy so it has a static property that in is from trusted proxy prop proxy first it checks for self colon colon dollar sign trusted proxies so maybe so this that is, must be getting set from the laravel trusted proxies somewhere so that so laravel is passing his trusted proxies down to the symphony classes somehow hold on if in trusted proxies and ip utils check ip that the remote address of the server mm-hmm. mm, and is in the list of trusted proxies okay got it so it's like if trusted proxies are set and the current and ip the current request is one of them the recurrent request ip is one of those trusted proxies so the question is where is dollar sign trusted proxies set? So I know for sure. That I don't exactly know how this is set, but I know that if you set an IP in the trustedproxies.php config file that is published by Chris Fidel's package, that it ends up there. Right. So the quest, the other question so I have now is Laravel what's Chris Fidel's package? Like, what does it do? Does it just I think it just make gives this... you configuration to let you control this stuff interesting so it looks like yeah it looks like it i'm gonna trusted proxies.php yeah dude that's what it does request colon colon set trusted proxies which sets that static yep. trusted pro proxies array on symph the underlying symphony th i guess i just thought that this was something really complicated but it's not um, no, it's just like creating a laravel api for these symphony classes right okay i guess it has some other stuff with like i i think it has some extra fanciness with like header forwarding or whatever yeah I don't probably know. but um but okay interesting so so now we understand it so we know is from trusted proxies okay ah so it has to be in the list of trusted proxy proxies to use the forwarded header period right yes so Okay, so that, that's what I needed to understand. It's like the forward vulnerability doesn't exist unless you have something in trusted proxies. Right. So in your mm. case, you have a load balance EC2 that has your load balancer listed as a truck trusted proxy. Correct. Okay, now walk me to the vulnerability from there. You walk me to the vulnerability. Okay, so mm, <laughs> we have the trusted proxy set. Now, I am Joe Schmo on my browser. Be I, the attacker. Oh, You're got the it, attacker. got it, got it, got it. The reason is because, okay, so what that the trusted proxies are set? That has to be set no matter what. Mm -hmm. The thing is that the load balancer isn't configured to forward host stuff. So it to, doesn't... The, the load balancer doesn't set X forwarded host right, on it every... It forwards path. all other headers, mm -hmm. which opens up the gate for me the malicious man on mm -hmm. my browser to set an X forwarded host to my own app, my malicious evil app mm -hmm. to request a password reset, which when your, when it eventually that X forwarded host carries all the way to the application, the application generates the signed URL, but the signed URL 
is not to itself. It's to my malicious host, my evil.com slash reset password with the token. So the user clicks their link in the email, which takes them to my evil app. So now let me think what I do with my evil app. I have the token, which is hypothetically valid for a certain amount of time. So you have two pieces of data in the URL. You have the token and you have the email address. Gotcha. Okay. So I have the email address and I have the token. So now with these two bits of information, I can just like set up my evil app to ping me on Telegram that, oop, some dummy clicked on the thing. I can now open up goodapp.com slash the reset email with this email and this signed URL. And then I can reset their password. Right. Okay. And then if you're malicious, that's it. Okay. And then if you're malicious, what you would probably want to do is uh, either show them a page that says um, this password reset link has expired. Ah, yeah. Okay. Or just redirect them to an authenticated page within the app. Um so that they get there and they're like, oh, I guess I don't have to change my password. Yeah, right. So you want to basically, you want them to not change their password, not invalidate that token that you have, which is good for yeah. 60 minutes or whatever. Right? Yep. Um, so you, you want them to click this link in the email, get there, realize they don't have to do anything, go on with their day. Now you have a valid token that you could go use to change your password. Um. So and there's a million uh, yeah, the and one ways that is... you could social engineer someone to click that link too. That's the thing, right? It's like, like say before you passwords do this, every you know quarter or something. Right. Say before you do this, you send out spear phishing emails where you say, "Hey, just wanted to let you know, uh, we run a quarterly check on have I been pwned, and it looks like your password has been uh, pwned in a couple of breaches. So we're gonna force you to reset your password." Um, if you click the link and it takes you to a logged in page, you're fine. You know, if you don't like, like you could, you could set up this whole scenario like you were an IT admin or something, send this email to all of your targets. They see it. Then you send out the reset password links. They click the links. They get to a logged in page. They're fine. They don't worry about it. Now you're able to hijack their accounts. Nice. Done deal. It's a wild attack though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Um, wild that like. I just didn't realize that that header was used. Like I always just assumed that app URL would be the thing that is used to decide the domain. Right. Same. Same. Um, what is app URL used for? Isn't that um, funny? It's one of those things that like sometimes you forget to set it and everything's fine. But then, like every once in a while, something's weird, and you're like, "Oh, I, I gotta check it, app URL." I think URL. it is. It's used for resources. I know that. Okay. For like, um, what like, like mix res- links and got, stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. I don't know. That's used for a bunch of stuff. But the URL helper uses legit stuff. Uses like source stuff, and that's why you can you can do because if you if your app URL is bad and you mm-hmm. use the route helper to generate a URL for a link. It's going to be and the proper the absolute. URL. Like it's not going to use your app URL. Because I think that's correct, yeah. Because I constantly leave mine as like localhost or well, something. Well, no, but I you're forget. not you're not generating absolute your absolute routes. Like the oh, routes really? are usually don't no, include when you the do domain a, name. Really? When you use the route helper? Yeah, it's usually just like slash whatever no, slash. I bet it's the whole thing. Let's see. No, that's a it's a modifier. It's absolute true is like oh, one no of way. the arguments you pass into route 
Okay, so if I do route get slash what? Route, oh, I have to pass a name, derp. Okay, let's see, route auth dot login. It's the, dude, it's the absolute bro him. Is it? Oh, so yeah. it's the opposite way where you have to pass false. For it to be relative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I pass false, no, let's see, true. Uh, I think the second parameter is uh, query second parameter string is queer, stuff. Is parameters, yeah, so yeah. hey there, okay, right. And then the third one, yeah, yeah. If you pass false as the third one, it becomes relative. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah, wild. So anyway, the fix to this, yeah, right, the right. fix to this problem is so if you go into a new Laravel eight installation in kernel.php under middleware. The first middleware is called trust hosts, and it's commented out by default. Um, okay. If you uncomment that, you are no longer vulnerable to this. What is trust hosts? Well, first, I need to report really quick that the route helper uses app URL. I just tried changing app URL to something bad, and huh. my route helper generated something bad. So interesting. There you go. Anyway, um, continue. So, so tell me why this, why does that middleware? So this middleware this basically implements a thing which says uh, when you're doing that uh, exported host thing, check that it is a subdomain of the app URL or don't let it go. Mm. So basically you don't allow people to set, you don't allow that like get host option. Mm -hmm. to be anything other than a subdomain of the app URL. And so this presents a problem for the people who have the load balancer apps. on a normal predictable URL, but then all these EC2 instances, instead of being app1.foo.com, it's No, like no, no, no. So exported host. So it doesn't matter oh. for the load. It, oh, it would just right, be right, like right, right. if they had a bunch of different load balancers that were all from different domain names gotcha. that were all supposed to be running the same app that's then it's a problem and so the, that's the reason it's disabled by default is that it presents a problem for people who are running multi-tenant apps with multiple domain names mm. like apps that allow users to set their own custom domain name or something okay uh like simplecast or something yep um but um yeah, so that's it's basically like a prioritization decision, right? Um, that basically, like, rather than like make this hard for people who are running these, uh, who are running these multi-tenant apps, we're gonna make it hard for people who are running behind load balancers, right? And so it's like a it's like a difficult hmm. question of which one is correct and which one's more important, you know? What is the uh, is this a PR to Laravel Laravel or Laravel? Yeah, Laravel Laravel. And what is the latest? Let's see. Is this open? Okay. It's the only open pull request. It's the only open pull request. And uh, last comment is by your boss man. Boss man Chris. Chris. Um, many thanks for raising awareness about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Somebody's like said, many thanks for raising awareness about this at the very least. Yeah. Get, get Outlook, Outlook for, for iOS. <laughs> yeah. Like so a, this guy, both oh, of his comments, hilarious. both of his comments are like response by via email. Yeah. Like he subscribes to all issues via email. Right. And if you respond to the email, it like lets you comment. It's very funny. Funny. Okay. 
So I guess his uh, name's also like National Pharmaceutical or something like that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, Nash- Nationwide Pharma. <laughs> that's great. Um, I thought it was gonna be some meta thing with like the vulnerability like exposed by. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, okay, that's very funny. So, uh, so we'll see about where this goes, huh? Yeah. It's interesting, right? It is. It's extremely interesting. This is one of those things that, um, this is a perfect example of the kind of thing that I didn't know this exists, but I know that things of this nature exist Mm -hmm. and why I'm scared to death of configuring my own server or using anything but like forges, like provisioning scripts, you know? Right, right. Like if I'm not, if I'm not using forge, I'm just not doing it. Like I'm not going to embark on my own thing because this is what happens. Although I will say that uh, Nginx, like like uh, Apache configuration growing up, my like growing up as a PHP dude, always scared the hell out of me. Like Webpack config, but, like, way worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or whatever. Yeah. So, but Nginx config is much friendlier, and it's I have nice. like like scoured the Nginx docs for fun, and load balancing is like an actual concept. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's not some like thing it's not something that's hacked onto the yeah like that oh you're just, well you're just setting up a load balancer by forwarding this this that and this whatever it's like literally like there's load balancing logic it's like a function mm-hmm. that it can like do load balancing and you can tell it how to like split up the requests between yep. the servers and whatnot it's so friendly but still it's Nginx like, is cool headers just scare the hell out of me in general oh they're terrifying dude they're so terrifying um and like here's the thing and I, I feel like i need to like say this this is not a flaw in laravel like laravel is doing the right thing and acting as expected here right like this is not a bug in laravel for sure like this is just a it's hard to decide whose responsibility it is to keep the user safe yeah. here right? right is it because like ultimately like Laravel is not in charge of documenting how to set up a load balancer in Nginx for your Laravel app, right? Yeah. Like that's something you go by the Servers for Hackers course and you learn to do it there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not Laravel's job to educate the user on how to set up Nginx and make sure that you're passing the X forwarded host thing, right? And it's not really Laravel's... So there's like a... It's a weird question, right? Because ultimately, what this comes down to is a misconfiguration of Nginx, right? Hmm. But it's only a misconfiguration because of the way that Laravel treats things, right? Yeah. Um, and so the reason I make the PR and the reason I still think the PR is a good idea is that I think since Laravel has the ability to protect the user from this, mm-hmm. they just should. You know, like it's like, well, yeah, like you and like they've already gone so far in that direction. They've built a middleware for it, which is included by default. They've put it at the top of the middleware array commented out. Right. And it's just like, why not just go the extra step and uncomment it? Did you you do a get blame to see when it was commented out or if no, I have. I haven't. But maybe it was just somebody with a similar plight, but for like, you know, multi-tenant thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I could see this as as like a maintainer a push just and like being jerked thing. around by yeah. like people with their different needs. But to me, like my argument this whole this whole time has been like, well, if I have to choose between like 
convenience for people who like if you are taking on a multi-tenant project that allows users to register custom domains you have signed up for a world of hell okay and you should just expect it to be a pain in the ass and adding or subtracting one middleware is not a big ask for you because you signed for sure. up for this world of hell yeah right whereas if i'm like a random user uh trying to get nginx pointing to a thing like even if i'm not load balancing right like say that i'm trying to set up like a crazy like development environment or whatever you know i'm just trying to like get some things to work and i end up with an nginx reverse proxy which is not that uncommon right like i think in that case um like a user should be protected i definitely think it's the more common case i mean i'm with you it's the more common case for sure both of them are uh not exceptional cases like the reverse proxy thing is not exceptional but i don't think i would say like the majority of Laravel apps in my mind are, are on hosted Forge. on something Forge or Vapor. Yeah. Um, then there's the pretty decent, I imagine maybe like 20% is like real money-making Laravel apps that have infrastructure on AWS mm-hmm. or DigitalOcean mm-hmm. or something. And typically there's somebody who knows what they're doing and sets stuff like that up. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's it's not like a, like the all the masses are exposed. Like I'm not exposed in any way. I don't have any reverse proxies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it seems like a sensible default. I'm with you. So I guess what I'm saying is like the, you can you can get into this situation pretty easily, right? Because there's a lot of reasons you might start reverse proxying. Yeah. Right? Like one of them is like say you change the domain name of your app and there were some hard-coded stuff in your app, right? So yeah. you're like, okay, well, I'll just add a reverse proxy in front of this thing and I'll do like domain name redir- rewrites, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's a million things that Nginx does for people beyond, like, load balancing, where, like, sometimes the easiest solution is, like, all right, well, let's just slap a reverse proxy in front of this baby and then put If it you're back. Chris and your tests are failing. Yeah. Or, Didn't we establish this on the last episode? Uh, was it? Well, no, that was me. That's my, like, local development environment using Docker that's using a reverse proxy wrapped around everything. Yeah, to so brainy. It's crazy. Um, but like, there's a million reasons you might slap an nginx reverse proxy in front of something, even something no, no, on no. Forge. There's a million reasons you might. Right, one might. <laughs> yeah. And like, even something on Forge, right? Like, even a Forge hosted app. At some point, one might say, "All right, well, I'm just gonna throw an nginx reverse proxy in front of this." Maybe one would for do some that. reason. One is not me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying, like, when apps live for a long time, I, I, I they start you, to develop totally. legacy concerns. You I'm know? with you, dude. I'm with you. I hear you, Deke. Put me in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play <laughs> today. Look and so see. So this has been um, center field. the new uh, security segment with Daniel. Dude, it's so fun. I wonder when I'm going to get like bored of security and become like about JavaScript or something again. You know? Or bored of JavaScript forever. And it's true. Stay with security. Dig into that. Um, Decol. You think there's any security bugs in Livewire? You think I should start poking around? Please do. I bet there's there something, right? I don't know, man. I mean, there's... You're pretty there's, good, though. You're pretty good. I, that's the one thing we got to consider is that you're pretty good. I don't know, dude. Two people um, two people have come to me so far with, like, Livewire is vulnerable. And the first time... Were they wrong? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, the first time <laughs> it, it was just that they didn't like realize that um, both of them were just blade uh, sanitizing things, um, which, you know, I don't know. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's blade. Yeah. You know, but that like one is circulating just today and yesterday um, about like uh, uh, like somebody implementing a tricks editor or something and then the vulnerability exists like somebody could type a script tag in the tricks editor that saves in your database and then when you spit it out like their script tag would run or whatever and right. i don't know it's just like well yeah i mean this has nothing literally nothing to do with we livewire had, we had someone submit a bug to our bug trail too so we have a discourse forum um you know about discourse i'm familiar okay livewire have, has one yeah we have a discourse forum it. and someone submitted a uh they categorized it as a cross-site scripting bug which is that if you type HTML into the HTML editor on the forum, it you are able to print HTML to the page. Funny. I was like, yeah, no, that's what it's for. That's, what, that's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't print a script tag. Like, what do you mean? Like, he, he demonstrated that you could type an H1 and get an H1. I was like, yeah, dog, for sure. Yep. People really do be uh, going for it, these bug bounties. Yeah, I mean, money's on the table. Um, he yeah, categorized so, it as like a seven or an eight risk too. Really? Yeah, it's like Funny. a thirty-five hundred dollar bug. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yep. 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 I mean, if there was a vulnerability in LiveWire, it would have to do with, it would have to do with like model hijacking or component authorization and authentication, like all things. Yeah, that, something with like hydration or dehydration or something. Right. Yeah. Um, like JSON yeah. encoding something in a way where it gets dehydrated across multiple fields or something. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the whole thing is uh, I'm hesitant to ever like think that it's bulletproof because of like the few, you know, like what I know about vulnerabilities is that they're so freaking off the wall, ridiculously uh-huh. like. And also that pride goeth before destruction. That too. Um yeah, I remember when I when I was first working on LiveWire, I was talking to a guy who works at IBM actually, and a friend of mine from International Business our, Machines. I don't know if that's what it means. Is that what it means? Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, he's in the he ran the like user group in Buffalo. So, anyway, talking to him, super smart guy. Like guy works on like uh, mainframes all day. Cool. And uh, and I'm you know showing him LiveWire and whatnot. He's like, yeah, interesting. But he's like, so that's like what are you doing there you're hydrating like classes and he's like dude i would never do that i'm like what are you talking about he's like i would just never do that you shouldn't do that <laughs> i'm like uh okay so do i stop this thing now and just never do this and is everybody gonna think this is a horrible idea or do i whatever but i, I have since changed the strategy like the strategy with LiveWire used to be actually serializing a class mm-hmm. or then rehydrating um, it on the back right and it is no longer that that's very sketchy also, I don't, this is a security measure I might loosen up on, but I don't reference the class name of the LiveWire component anywhere, which was why some of the things that people think would be easy are hard. Like, why don't you, if you want, you know, like LiveWire component auto discovery in mm-hmm. app HTTP LiveWire, they're like, well, can't, what if I, my things, whatever. It's stuff like that's difficult. I have to maintain a manifest, like why a bootstrapped. Uh, I don't because I just felt weird about it. I don't know. Even if it was secured by the checksum, I just felt weird. Like, one, I'm exposing information about your, like, class structure, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, like, I do with the model 
dehydration because that's what Laravel does. Mm-hmm. Like with Laravel Echo, whatever you know your classes are, those are exposed as class names to JavaScript. So anyway, to Taylor, I asked Taylor about that, and that's when he was like, "Yeah, dude, you're fine." But um, but anyway, yeah. So, but yeah, between it's the checksum, real, yeah. I mean, having worked on Livewire Core, the checksum is hard to get around when you want to get around i know it's you know like it's an annoying problem that there's not a ton of bug reports from it anymore but it's like the worst kind of bug when you encounter it start blowing a checksum well no i'm just saying in development like if you're trying to develop a new feature which we were oh right you start blowing the checksum it's like unbelievably hard to figure out why you're blowing the checksum yeah you're having to like dd like all these things, different yep. places to try and Did some out. order, did some like numeric array get reordered or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. JSON uh-huh. decoded and encoded. Something's um, a string now instead of a number yeah. or whatever. It's super strict and I've expanded it since LiveWire 1. LiveWire 1 just checksummed the data and the name of the component and something else. And now it checksums basically everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to have, though, because that's like a lot of security bugs are like the more things you can check some, the less things people can fuck with, you know? Yep. Yeah, I figure just check some the whole thing. And and then anything. Yeah, that that is although I think the security problems with Livewire are more the the issues with people not understanding the technology mm-hmm. deeply. Um, which is sort of on my shoulders to communicate well enough. But if you think that wire colon model is secure, you know, like it's not like that's JavaScript, like anything in an HTML attribute can be changed on the front end. Mm -hmm. And for people who understand, like, I think most that's intuitive to most people, but I think to some people it feels like Liveware has its own templating engine that like hard codes these things Mm -hmm. and secures them and locks them down, you know? But um, anyway, yeah. Yep. It's wild. So but anyway, yeah, yeah, running yeah. a bug bounty is the most fun thing I've done all year. That's really cool. You want to talk about what I'm thankful for? Bug bounty. Let's go. Okay, cool. I dig it. What's um, your life like these days? I'm fishing and programming. Dude, I've That's been so... seeing you catch fish on the internet. I've been catching fish. I've I been... saw you cooked a fish. I did. You, so you're normally, you're normally catch and release. Yeah. But, the, yep. but this time you became catch and cook. Yeah, I catch decided to do it. I'd been like sort of it researching. Delicious? It was delicious. Yeah, it looked delicious. It, I mean, it, honestly, it's like salmon. It's I don't know if I could tell the difference if if it was a blind taste test. Maybe it's a little less salmony, mm. a little less flavor. Maybe maybe work on your your uh, your filleting is a little Ooh, <laughs> a little yeah, sketchy. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the filleting's good. The what did you see? You saw the final product. Mutilated. Looks a little well, lumpy is, there, but <laughs> this is me pulling it out of the oven and being like, is this thing done? Cut oh, open and into just, it. I see, I see, put I it see. back in and then do that two more times. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So that's where the mutilation so you're came. You're playing well. I did put a picture of the raw fillet, which oh, looks I missed pretty. That. All right, that's cool. yeah. that's pretty streamlined. But it was I mean, I've filleted a, a ton of knife? fish in my day. Um well, yeah, what I kind have, of fish like, knife are you working with? Like, is it like, um, is it like one of those bendy skinny ones? I'll show you. It's like a fillet knife. Yeah, it's a fillet knife. It's a thin little fillet knife. It it should be bigger for for this fish in particular. Um, the picture doesn't do it justice. Like, 
my parents saw that picture. I filleted at their house, so I sent them a picture, and I was like, "Hey, I'm coming over to fillet a fish," and uh, and I like flopped it on the table, and my mom was like, "Are you kidding me?" She like couldn't believe it. She's like, "This is so much bigger than it looks. It's just like takes up the whole thing, like flopping off a big cutting board." Hell yeah. Um, and it had it was a hen, and it had eggs, and uh, so I harvested the eggs, and I'm gonna cure those and fish with those. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing yeah. that people do yep most people actually I fly fish so I use like artificial lures but mm-hmm. um, but most people they tie salmon eggs or, or um, uh, trout eggs in a little sack Interesting. and fish those yeah because fish eat them like I think it's like some some like um, evolutionary uh, oh, thing yeah like, like, like dominating other spawning fish dro- exactly. from breeding so that we will my spawn will rule these waters exactly so they yeah. just like see an egg and they're like chomp yeah um yeah so they they eat eggs but we don't know if it's for nutrition or not probably not mm-hmm. um so yeah so a lot of people fish eggs i tie egg imitations now well you saw whatever but so yeah dude it's been fishing but oh i was like uh looking up the most ethical way to kill a fish mm-hmm. um you'd be interested in this so in the past, I've just let them suffocate, which I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. But that's what you kind of do. Like you catch a fish and you just like put it on a stringer. Don't you just and... hit its head on a rock? Isn't that what most people do? Yes, that's what you should do. Yeah. You should do that. So I guess commercial fishing operations, that's like too much. They just yeah. let them suffocate. Right. Um, and that's mostly what I've done is let them suffocate. I can't remember beating a fish on the head with a rock. <laughs> I've like, I've seen it and I know people do it, but... Something doesn't sit really well with me about bludgeoning a fish in the face. Like, even if it's, mm-hmm. like, the most ethical thing, it just, like, feels disrespectful feels in bad. some way, you know? Uh-huh. So, ikajime is this this Japanese fish-killing technique where you shove a stake through their forehead huh. uh, into their brain, and it instantly kills them. Huh. And that stake has, it's like a hollowed-out tube, like a surgical, tu- like surgical needle-but-giant mm-hmm. type thing. And then you shove like a bigger uh, metal wire-ish thing through the handle up into their spinal cord and and just like rake their spinal cord to like loosen up all that blood in there. Mm-hmm. And you bleed them out in their gills and on their tail. And basically their brain's dead. They don't feel any pain. And now they're because of just their nervous system, their heart is still pumping. So it just like rids the entire fish of all its blood like right away whoa um and then and it's like insanely fresh apparently like the fish Hmm. difference so i was like watching videos and they do differences of like one day two days a week Hmm. and the fish just looks so like the meat itself is so much less pink and Mm -hmm. red stained um it's fresher longer it tastes a lot better whatever so did you do it no i I fucking bludgeoned his face with a rock (laughs) sorry buddy i didn't have the proper tooling (laughs) so i don't have a lot of hollow long needles laying around yeah i didn't have with matching wires the whole kit yeah but apparently like if you want to buy this like it's like japanese it comes in like the all the writing on it's like japanese hell yeah um so yeah it's been a lot of fishing my guy and fly tying which Mm. is a whole thing of course of course yeah no which is extremely fun you know about the heist the british museum heist no there's a reply all episode you know a reply all right no i've heard reply all is like one of the best podcasts you should be listening to it you say that about that and dark Knight the, Diaries. 
and nope, you say that about that, but also do by Friday. You say do by that. Friday. Do by Friday is not good anymore, but yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, is that the Merlin Man podcast? Yeah, yeah, it's a good podcast, but the makeup of the show has changed. It's not as funny. It's a long story. Okay. Um, British heist. British heist. The um, the British heist is uh, so there was a guy who was kind of, kind of I feel like sort of a combination of you, but but more like a fly bomb. You've made me aware of fly bombs. Yeah. Um, like a guy who can't really afford the gear, you know, yeah. but also is like sort of like people kind of look down on this guy because he's not like fully there you know he's not like an old school fly guy right okay um and he's like in this um in in i guess in england fly fishing is very much like a gentleman's sport yeah right and so like he's kind of a lower class guy with a bad last name you know who is yeah in in the fly community and he's really good Mm. um and he's good at tie and fly Okay, right? and so he starts winning all these fly tying competitions and stuff. Mm. Um, but he's not—he doesn't have the money for the nice feathers. Oh, you know, and there's yep. all this stuff. So like, the feathers can go for tons and tons of money. The real yeah. ones, the real feathers, right? And so people okay. use fake feathers sometimes. But like, if you want to really progress in fly tie, you got to use the real good, expensive feathers. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the endangered this, species feathers. Seriously. So this dude and some extinct species feathers. Um You, you got show me your, your feathers. Peacock feathers. You, you got oh my your God. I got all the feathers you You got need all here, the feathers people. in there. I got so anyway, lots of this feathers. guy <laughs> this guy ends up breaking into the British Museum and going into the back room where they have large collections of feathers of birds that are now extinct collections of feathers of birds that are really endangered and (sighs) uh stealing millions of dollars worth of feathers from the british museum that is insane and this is a true story yeah true story and uh when they caught him he had a very small percentage of those feathers in his possession and there are people now who every once in a while like a big bunch of feathers of a bird that mm. is known to be extinct and there's no there's not feathers available for this bird will pop up and they'll always say like yeah I held on to these for a really long time and now I'm finally like I need the money so I'm selling these feathers but it's believed that basically this guy like got all these feathers distributed them made a bunch of money selling these feathers off to other feather guys. Wow. And uh, so that, like, the majority of a lot of the rare feathers that are circulating in fly fishing right now are from, like, this British Museum heist. And everyone's very, like, hush-hush about it, and everyone, like, gets pissed at you if you bring it up. Wow. uh, Because the reporter, like, brings it up to some, like, OG fly tie guys. And they're all like, yeah, fuck you. Don't talk about the British Museum thing. Like, why are you trying to make this a fucking whole thing, you know? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Reply All is a great podcast. Like, this is the type of content they do on Reply All. That's interesting. They did a two-part episode, which is now a three-part episode. He got a phone call from a, like, from, like, an IRS scam thing. Mm -hmm. 
he went he made friends with the guy in the indian call center and went to india and ends up getting chased around by like the indian mob Hmm. because he wanted to figure out like what's going on with these call centers right get to the bottom of it it's wild it's an excellent show cool i have to check it out Mm, you do have to check it out i have to check it out reply all reply all yeah um but uh i don't want to stop talking about fly tying okay what you got i don't really have much i just you just love it yeah dude you would find it so satisfying oh i'm it's sure it was insanely satisfying well i like, i used to make my own vape coils okay um which i think is very similar probably yeah there's a lot There's of just like so many like fun little tools and, and yeah, yeah yeah the wrapping of the thread with the bobbin and everything and just like splicing in new like and mm-hmm. i don't know i got i got like a rabbit's head on the way because like rabbit fur is fantastic hmm. um, That's got a few pheasant tie. tails coming up my, my like ultimate goal of course is okay. to like kill these things myself and make my own flies with go hunt you know. yes um which I've I've like saved hides in the past. I have Caleb, a deer hide somewhere you hunt. and squirrel. Do you hide. hunt? Uh, I fish right now, but yeah. Caleb, I would like to hunt. This is, is the thing right? about me is that I would like to hunt. Okay. And the only guy I know who hunts is my neighbor. And oh, old uh, old tin no, can. Not, well, I'm sure old he bootstrap hunts. bill. Uh, Junebug, yeah. <laughs> Junebug. <laughs> I'm sure he hunts, but no, my other neighbor, who's like a younger okay. dude, who's okay. le- learning programming, and so we talk about. Oh, that. nice. He hunts. Okay. But it's like a weird thing to be like, yo, can you, can, can I, can I hunt with you? When do you hunt? When, <laughs> when's the next time you're going to hunt? And can you let me know ahead of time so I can see if I can get off work and then we can go <laughs> hunt and, yeah. you know, like. It's it, funny because like. It's weird to intrude on someone's hunt. Yep. Um, it is. It, I totally to get, get away from their neighbors. And <laughs> hunting uh, like fishing is all about the spots. Yeah. And it's this weird thing where, like, normally... Well, he's I not love... from here. He just moved here, like, two years ago, so he doesn't have spots okay. yet, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not, but yeah. even in the pursuit of spots, it's this weird thing that, like, you want to help people, but you also know that, like, there's this finite, limited resource of spots. spots. But um, it is interesting getting into fishing for me because I've, like, hunted since you can get a hunting license in New York, which is, like, 12 or 13 um and so i've hunted for years and but i had all my uncles my mom's brothers my dad never hunted he's not into that at all but my mom has four brothers five brothers five brothers she has five brothers my uncles they all hunt no four of them hunt sorry you don't care four of these uncles hunt and they're avid hunters they're very good um and so i don't know i just learned from them like from the get-go they bought me gear they I mean, it was, they took me out like every weekend and, and we would go hunting during hunting season for years and years and years. And I would get deer like since my first time out, like every year I would get multiple deer, which you tell people who just want to get into it. They're like, that's insane. It might take them years, like many years to Mm -hmm. get a deer. Um, but I would get like three in a year and whatever. So anyway, I now realize because of getting into fly fishing on my own that your uncles had spots. Like, oh my gosh, it is like I was on the fast track. Because your uncles like, have spots. Because they have spots, they have knowledge, they just shortcutted they me. gear. All, and they all taught themselves. So they, they learned for, you know, 40 years. Mm-hmm. They have land. They don't have land, but they have like 
like relationships with farmers that they have sacred like trees every tree is named all the stands are up it's this whole thing you play the wind it's like it's all set up um where like fly fishing i got nothing i'm scouring the internet i'm trying to do it all myself and it is so much harder i spent all year not well all season last year fly fishing for steelhead and didn't get a single fish I and now you've even, got spots and now i have a spot i have at least one like two good spots because you've been you've been raking them in dude yeah i actually yeah can't I went stop this, can't stop catching steelhead i went too late this morning i got up late i was i arrived at the stream at like 7 30 for my mm-hmm. spot and there were 14 cars there and already and on like a wednesday so i had to go to another spot that's not a good spot decal i'm telling you all this to tell you that like dude man you should get into it but it's crazy like it's gonna be so well, much harder for you <laughs> It's like, how do you get into it? Like, I need to find a guy oh, sure, who sure, already sure. hunts. Well, so you need to get your license. Uh-huh. You need to like take the hunter safety course, I'm sure, in Asheville or okay. North Carolina. I'm I sure know. they have. I don't know. About any yeah, of you got to take a course. Okay. Um, maybe you get lucky, and because of COVID, you can do it online. I bet. I bet this being North Carolina, you just need to get a license and like fucking fill out a form. Wow. You know, I would That'd be crazy. I would bet. In New York, like to gun hunt, it's like a seven hour course. And then to bow hunt on top of that, it's a two day course. That's crazy that um, it's extra because a bow is way less likely to accidentally kill someone than a gun is. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> interesting. I wonder if they do that just because it's you're way more likely to wound an animal if you're not doing it right. I think they do but, it because everyone needs to get a gun hunting license and then only yeah, some maybe people that's need to get it. A, you know? Right. Um, so anyway, you got to get your license, whatever, and you got to get your permit. That's what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. whatever, however you ever get the permit and then a license. And then you have to find public land for you. That's well, the there su- are game lands. The- there are game lands literally within like 10 minutes of where I live. Okay. So like, I know where the land is, but I don't like, this is the thing is like, I am, I'm unaccustomed to like unstructured land like this, you know? Okay. Yeah. Like who what do you do do you just pull up and get out of your car and like start aiming down sights <laughs> yeah so so there's a few regulations you have to be a certain distance from roads and houses sure so in it's different different states whatever sure so if you've locked that down yeah so let's say that okay let's say you roll up it's hunting season this is funny let's like get daniel hunting <laughs> you get your permit you get your license uh-huh. you get some basic camo stuff yeah. to keep warm you have a gun yeah. a legal gun for deer in yeah. your it's probably anything in north carolina sure yeah um, <laughs> you shoot him with a you have a cal whatever a machete <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and you okay so you walk in before dawn mm-hmm. you walk into the woods you're mindful of other hunters but you just go far enough in that you're not you know you're legally like safe from houses mm-hmm. and you look at the property maps online to know like what the state lines are or whatever mm-hmm. and then if you're gun hunting dude you could just sit you could just sit at the base of a tree for four hours. And if you see a deer, you point at it and its vitals and shoot it. Hmm. That's, you could do that. Like you could just go do that. Uh-huh. So then yep. what's the, what's the one level up from like, I have walked, uh, what say it's like a hundred yards from a road, right? So it's yep. like, okay, I've now walked a hundred yards from a road. I'm going to okay. pop a squat by this big tree. Yeah. And just like wait for four hours. Right. Like, <laughs> what's like one level up from that what um, are people tr- normally doing when they go so i mean 
that's not that far from what people are doing but like the strategies are you get to know the deer trails you know mm-hmm. like where they like to travel um and it all the weather also changes things especially so I the feel wind. like here's my theory okay my theory is if you find the road that goes through the public land that you're supposed okay. to be 100 yards or whatever from Yep. You drive along it till you see a deer crossing sign. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. There's your... Because your... <laughs> you know that that sign's there because people have been hitting deer there. Right, right, right. And That's then, the spot on yeah. the deer crossing sign. And then you just walk 100 yards perpendicular to that sign. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, so the things that people get into beyond that are playing the wind because deer's yeah. noses are insane. So there's like, you can spend a ton of money on scent lock clothes and things like carbon activate, like you dry them in your dryer to activate the carbon to absorb the scent, whatever. You don't, I don't think you have to get into that, but tree stands, that's a big leg up. That's like the next step is, and if you're bow hunting, you are using a tree stand and you can, I used to use this climber thing that, um, it's just like a strap system that I would literally like climb up a tree by hand mm-hmm. and then just like wrap a seat belt around the tree and hook it to my little like harness and then mm-hmm. put my feet on limbs it's, it's like super a, uncomfortable it's just like a climbing harness and you're just basically yeah, exactly. like repelling off a tree exactly yeah. yep super uncomfortable but you there's like that's like the one end of the scale and then the other end is there's climber stands it's like a, you can bring it's like a lazy in boy like, in a tree <laughs> yeah yeah the, eventually you get to that point <laughs> right. a lazy boy in a tree um, but that's the interesting thing on state land. You can't put a tree stand permanently. So mm. you have to bring in whatever you want to bring in. Mm-hmm. But honestly, gun hunting, you can gun hunt from the ground and do fine. Like you don't need a tree stand for gun hunting. Mm-hmm. And um, the difference is that you can, sh- you can shoot them further away or you yeah, gives can you more shoot visibility. through brush without needing that to worry too. about deflecting your arrow. Well, you can't really shoot through brush at all with like and no matter how you shoot through brush like your arrow will you know yeah um but yeah i mean for bow it's because if you're high up they can't see you like they have to come in much closer than gun mm-hmm. like gun you can take like a 50 yard shot and get the deer mm-hmm. bow 50 yards is insane like yeah. i would never take a 50 yard shot so they have to be a lot closer have you killed a deer with a bow totally Tons. dude you're a badass i want to hunt let's hunt <laughs> i just have people who taught me how to do it uh-huh. um but I, honestly, bow hunting is my favorite, and there's an exclusive bow hunting season before gun hunting season. And oh, that's where they're not up. allowed to shoot guns, but you are allowed yes. to hunt with bows. That sounds yes. fun as fuck. And it's extended, and here's why it's so much better. It's way warmer, because it's earlier in the year, in October. Mm-hmm. And, which I, I wonder what it's like in North Carolina. The seasons could be, whatever, staggered or something. It's just warmer here more of the time. Right, okay. Because it's probably it's warm, not it's that bad longer. right now. No, it's not, like... <laughs> I'm not going, I'm not wearing a coat when I go out right now. Yeah. Okay. It's like 35 degrees here. Yeah. I went and out that's with warm no socks earlier and smoked a cigarette and a hoodie. And it was cool. Okay. So yeah, you don't have to worry about that, but the deer are way more active. Mm-hmm. The rut, which is the word they use for when like doe are in heat and bucks are chasing the mm-hmm. women to mate with them when they're extra dumb and you can play that you can make like doe and heat, like you can put urine, like doe and heat urine around your mm-hmm. stand and like make like bleat calls and stuff mm-hmm. and rattle antlers to try to like lure other bucks in yeah. and this put is out, all during like scented candles yeah yeah right do the whole thing <laughs> yep um so there's that there's way less hunters because way less people bow hunt yeah um so there and the deer are just more active so mm-hmm. you should bow hunt but yeah honestly i've seen way more deer bow hunting than gun hunting which mm. you would think is the opposite mm. 
but way more. Yeah. What is the what's going on around Buffalo? Like how many people are there per land around you? Like is the land you're hunting on like surrounded by towns and stuff? So there's like a bunch of people trying to go there? No. It depends. The public land is is kind of crowded. Mm-hmm. But like we hunt in Springville, which is like Cuz I think that the chances of I think it's much more likely that there's way less hunters uh, that are going to be on the land here. Like we, it's way bigger? Well, I live in Pisgah National Forest, which is like one of the largest national forests in the country. Um, you can hunt in a national forest? I believe that there's parts of it that you can hunt in. I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. I know there's like huge game lands right here. There's some over there. Like, Yeah, I bet you would have it better. There, like, there's the a closest ton of thing... public land around here that is just like... And it's, yep. like, not a big town, you know? Honestly, like, if you know one farmer here, like, we, the one area that we lost but we've had forever is, like, 500 acres. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a ton of land. Um, and so right now, I stopped. I bowed out because I'm fishing now instead. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I used to be on a, a lease where we just paid a dairy farmer. We all chipped in, like, 100 bucks, 150 bucks each. And then we get exclusive hunting permissions on, like, 1,000 acres. Um, so there's stuff like that, but I bet like Allegheny National Forest, which is an hour and a half from here, I don't hunt it, but that's the closest thing I can imagine to what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Just vast land. And do people hunt public. it? People do. Yeah. Yep. So I would imagine that parts you can of it, hunt yeah. a national forest or at least parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I know that the national forest here, like there's a shooting range in the national forest okay. that it's like, so it's like, well, if there's a shooting range there, there's def you're definitely allowed to hunt here. Yeah. You know? they wouldn't just stick a shooting range in a forest and then say you can't go shoot anything else yeah i don't know yeah i'm pretty sure but yeah okay so so maybe you bow hunt and you get yourself a bow and you practice a bit get pretty accurate with it Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah man and then and then you just uh honestly the hardest part is knowing the spots it would be and putting in the time you just have to put in so much freaking time sitting like tons of time sitting and seeing nothing, <laughs> which is mind numbing, and which is why mm. fishing is mm-hmm. more uh, good, better for my mind. But it, dude, it's dude. If you're in a stand, you're gonna shit. Like when you see a deer, like you've seen deer, mm-hmm. of course, and your heart never races. Mm-mm. You never get close to shitting yourself. Mm-mm. But if you're hunting the deer, and you see the deer, everything's changed. Like you will be shaking. I guarantee you, you will be shaking. It is the biggest rush I have ever had in my entire life is being like one-on-one with a deer and it's game time and you have to be like dead silent and you're shaking and you're grabbing your bow and you're trying not to hit anything. Yeah. It's wild, dude. It's totally wild. You should do it. That rush alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's a lot of meat. A lot of meat. (laughs) There's a lot of meat, Jay. Have you seen, oh my God, Caleb, I got to send you this video. It's a great video. It's like some Boston dudes on a boat um, and they see, uh, I think it ends up being like a manatee or something. It's like some big, it's some big creature, right? That is injured in the water, right? Mm -hmm. And this like just dumb as a box of rocks Boston dude on this boat, you know? is just waffling back and forth between like 
we need to get this thousand pound thing into the boat and eat it. And like, we need to help it. It's hurt. He's just going back and forth. He's like, it's a lot of meat. So he keeps going. Like like, persuading himself. Well, he's talking to his buddy. (laughs) Okay. Right. He's like, he's like, Jay, Jay, it's hurt or something. Jay, we got to help it. Jay, look at its fin. He's like, but that's a lot of meat, Jay. <laughs> Jay, we got to cash it. We got to tow it back in. We got to call the Coast Guard. <laughs> what is this? It's just a video of some guy took of this situation. Oh, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I will send it to Funny you. Funny dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of meat, Jay. <laughs> I would love He's like, to see dude, that. what is it, dude? <laughs> we are seeing some shit we ain't never seen before, kid. <laughs> That's the best line. I say it to Charlotte all the time. Well, like, whenever something crazy is going on, I'll just like be like, we are seeing some shit we ain't never seen before, <laughs> kid. Word. Oh, man. But yeah, within Word. my friend group, it is very common to say, that's a lot of meat, Jay. Funny. Definitely send that to me. Yeah, oh, I will. Man, boss, sorry to our Boston listeners, but fucking guys from Boston are dumb as shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Did you see... This is not... I'm not saying that this means that Boston people are dumb. Um, but there's a really funny SNL with Bill that. Burr. It, Caleb's okay, yeah, not no, saying... I'm officially No, I'm not. Yeah, but Daniel's saying. Um, there's like a Sam Adams commercial with Bill Burr. Like mm-hmm. Bill Burr hosts Saturday Night Live. This is like a month ago or something. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so funny. And it's like a normal Sam Adams commercial mm-hmm. where they're in like... Like in a like fancy like trader joe's type grocery store and people mm-hmm. are shopping and there's like a guy with you know the sam yeah. adams thing and he's like try our winter lager it's whatever whatever and then there's like all these different bostonians for real bostonians and then there's bill burr a real bostonian who has thick accent yeah is like can't handle the craft beer i don't know it's uh-huh. so funny it's hilarious like that's good what what would a it. real bostonian say Dude, about sam, sam adams, adams winter cheer. winter lager yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's that's very funny. funny very funny oh caleb i'm so thankful for this episode yeah yeah i can't yeah, express how thankful i you am you know what you can do uh i'm just here's what you should do what should i do you should go squirrel hunting squirrel Yep. It's a great starting point. Okay. Non-stop you, action. Like, this is like a 22 22. Or something? Yeah. Yep. 22. And you'll get heavy into it, and then you'll outgrow it. Squirrels but it is days. so much fun. And yeah. you can keep and eat the squirrels, and you can ship me their hides to make flies. Mm. Um. How do you ship a hide? Do you have to tan it first? Do you tan it and then ship it? With a squirrel, dude, you can just let it dry out in your backyard. Okay. But, um, uh, yep. So interesting. Squirrels and twenty two. We should talk about tanning sometime too. Uh-huh. You can tan any animal's hide, you can tan with its own brain. What? It's called brain tanning. Um I did it with a deer once because it like the oils in the brain like I just it's like nature's tanning. It sounds like solution. an infomercial or something. It's like Is your brain feeling a little pale? Hasn't seen a lot of sun since COVID? Try out brain tanning for two easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. Um, <laughs> it's like a tanning salon for the brain. You know, you go in, you get a nice color, you get a nice bronzing yeah. layer on the brain. Got a brain tan. Yeah. Get that mm. pigment. 
Yeah. The pigmen. So yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I want I want you to hunt, and I'll I'll, I'll like remotely coach you. You'll remote. You'll be my remote yep. coach on hunting. Yeah. Right now, I'm just bug hunting. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, might be time to move up from bugs. Might be. Yeah, I should probably just go get. A, so this is the thing. It's like, do I go buy a 22 now? I had a 22 as a kid. Always buy a 22. <laughs> you think just buy a 22? Oh yeah, just have one just for plunking. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. There's the uh, the whatever the uh, the Marlin 70. Uh-huh. These so are you like think it's the... like 22 long rifle or like 22 yeah. like rimfire? Oh, um, aren't they all rimfire? Uh, well, there's like the little tiny 22 rimfires that are like half an inch long, you know, those okay. tiny little yep. straight case. 22s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But then there's also like 22 long rifles that have like a little bit more projectile, oh. a little bit. More, they're heavier loaded. It's still a 22 gotcha. bullet. It's still a 22 with bullet. a heavier load and they're longer. Interesting. No, I'm just talking about like run of the mill 22. 22. Yeah. But yeah, I used you to gotta have, have a 22. I used to have one when I was a kid. Who doesn't? I think my sister has it now. I could, but she's in New York. That's the problem. You go, <laughs> go get my twenty-two from my sister and send it to me. Okay, she's, she's in, probably she's in Rochester. Okay, my sister's in Rochester too. You yo, you get your sister to talk to my. <laughs> Does your sister go to college there? Uh, no, she okay. uh was, she was married to a guy who was in the army at Fort Drum. Is Drum? Yeah, that the Fort? fort? Drum. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I know that word. So is it I'm near Rochester? I don't know. I just know Fort Drum. So oh, okay. Well, I think she was married to a guy who was in the army at Fort Drum, and they're no longer married, but she's still in Rochester. Gotcha. Okay. I'll have to tell my sister. Maybe they can hang. Yeah. Um. They can hunt. They can <laughs> hunt together. Gun. Well, my sister has become like a gun person recently. Oh really? Yeah. Like she's dating this guy who's like a gun guy. He's like a gun and crypto guy. Did I tell you about my sister's crypto boyfriend? You gotta be into guns if you're into crypto. Did I tell you about my sister's crypto crypto boyfriend? No. My sister sent me a picture of a warehouse full of graphics cards. Oh my gosh. She sends me a picture of a table with $300, $500 GPUs on it. Oh my gosh. I was like, what is going on with you? Hi, how you been? (laughs) And she's like, I was like, are you mining Bitcoin? And she was like, oh, yeah. And she sends me a video of this warehouse. Server rack upon server rack upon server rack upon server rack. Why are we not talking about the carbon emissions of mining Bitcoin? Listen, dude, listen. This building that this is all in, her boyfriend and his compatriots bought an old hydroelectric dam plant or like a hydroelectric paper plant. So Mm. all of the electricity for the thing comes from the river right next to it. So they're not paying for electricity. That's why they bought this building is because this building generates its own electricity from this giant hydroelectric generator. So they, that's, they bought, so there is no carbon footprint for the, for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like totally wild wild so anyway um i was like can i have a graphics card <laughs> and she said <sent> <laughs> no way really yeah yeah she was like dude we have thousands of these graphics what? cards yeah wow so she sent me this a 1080 like real TI. deal yeah wow that's insane yeah so my sister and her boyfriend are like shooting guns and mining crypto and 
Like that's they're like shooting like AR-15s and mining crypto and just being being like up upstate New York libertarians. I guess so. That's just the the life. Uh, Daniel, so like I own guns for hunting, right? But I wouldn't consider myself a gun guy, right? Um, do you consider yourself a gun guy? More than I used to. Can you help me with? being a gun guy because it's kind of like sports for me where like i just see other people into it and i don't get it sure you mean like having fun shooting guns yes like i think i mean sure the just being a gun guy in general like being interested in like i guess i like shooting guns but i don't know you, know you what play I mean? basketball like this, yeah totally do you like the feeling of being accurate like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, it's very much like basketball. It's like, okay, how consistently can I hit a free throw? Okay, now how consistently can I hit a three? Now how consistently can I hit a half court shot? Gotcha. You know? Okay. It's just that. So the that. lure for you is like just being a better marksman. Well, that I mean, that's, it is fun to shoot a gun. A gun is a fun, a gun is fun, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like big boom, yeah. a little rush, you know? Totally. That's fun. Yes. Then the idea of doing that well and like having control and accuracy and speed and all of those things is also fun. Um, Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. I'm not crazy about it, though. Like, I'm not like doing these like three gun shoots or whatever, which people do. You know, three gun shoots. No, this is like people go. They. uh so you have like I don't know what the three guns are. I know I know what two of the guns are, but you'll have like a, a rifle, like an AR-15 or something, mm-hmm. and then a pistol, like a Glock okay. or something, and then and you have to bazooka. run through these courses, and it's like you have to put three bolts on this target with your rifle, then two bolts on this target with your pistol, then three bolts. On, so you have, oh, you're switching back and forth between your guns. The the where way is the gun is it on like your like is it a sling yeah so you have like a sling for your rifle and a pistol so you have to like run through these courses and put shots on targets with gun with different guns Hmm. and the way they're often set up is that like you have to make a decision so you're not going to be able to do the whole thing in one clip Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to make a decision about when you reload which guns oh you know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, if I need to put three on this target, like I'm going to run out on the second bullet on this target. So I'm gonna, yeah. am I just going to run until I'm out of bullets? Or there's this moment where I have to run 10 feet. So why don't I use that time to reload ahead of time? So anyway, I've seen, I've watched a couple of videos of people doing this. They're pretty interesting. Cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, to me, it's like a lot of gun guy shit is stupid. Right. Mm. But like, mm-hmm. I enjoy the like, okay, I want to get good at shooting a gun. Totally. Like, I, w- I want to specifically, I'm interested in like getting good at shooting a handgun. Right. Yeah. Which is like, I would like to be able to like consistently hit what I'm shooting at, yeah. at, a, at a moderate distance with a handgun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then if I get into hunting, I will obviously want to get consistently good at shooting a rifle. For sure. You know? Yep. Yep. Makes sense. No, yeah, it makes perfect sense makes total sense but like there's a lot of um i think the thing that is appealing to i guess what you would call like macho dudes about Mm -hmm. um like gun accuracy stuff 
is that like it's this illusion of control over the world right yeah. which is that like so first of all the reason people are bad at shooting guns the reason people are not accurate when they shoot guns is because they're scared of shooting the gun um hmm. so the reason you miss is because you're flinching in anticipation of the boom and so you're overcompensating for recoil or you're flinching or you're tensing up or you're turning your head which is turning your arm mm -hmm. or something something is happening where your body is anticipating a loud sound loud sounds are scary so i'm like yep. doing something that's making me miss the target yeah right like if you shoot if you just aim so like there's these systems that people buy that are like it's a bullet that goes in the chamber that's actually like a laser pointer hmm. and so when you pull the trigger just a laser dot will come out okay on the target and you can train people with those and they will be incredibly accurate because mm. over time they get used to, oh, there's not going to be an explosion. Yeah. There's not going to be a boom. So I'm not going to react. And right, they're insanely right. accurate with those. But when you put live ammo in, they get scared mm. and they flinch up and yep. they start missing down into the left, down into the left, down into the left. Hmm. Um, because that's like what happens is you compensate for the recoil and you pull back. Yeah. So you just kind of like push down into the left. Um, and so I think there is a thing in like macho dudes who want to prove that they're not afraid of anything, which is that like, there's an allure to it because the way that you become good at it is by basically like removing all fear from your brain before you pull the trigger mm -hmm. and basically saying like this, there's going to be a big loud explosion in my hands and that doesn't bother me and I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to react. I'm just going to let the gun go off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. And then I think there's also like guys who generally feel like worried about the world like to right. be concealed carry guys because then they imagine that they could like handle any situation because they're tactical bros, you know? Yep. Yeah. I'm much less that guy. Um, I don't have a concealed carry license. I may get one one day, but like I'm not like I'm not into guns because I like think that they're going to save the day in most situations. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Yep. That's good. I dig. They're fun though. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the issue with guns for me, I think is it's so inconvenient to like, I don't like um, carrying them around, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't like people seeing me with them mm -hmm. and I don't like, um, you have to like pay money, you know, to shoot them. Yeah, you have like to buy at ammo. least the rounds and yeah. then a range if you don't, you know, and targets and all that. Maybe it's just I don't know. Yeah, I hear Maybe you. that's that's it. It's just kind of like an inconvenient. Like practicing like your bow is much easier and just seems like I don't, I don't yeah. know, but yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. You have this cousin who has like we've hunted together since we're like the same age, and uh, but he's just really into guns, in a way that that I'm not, and he's like always expecting a reaction from me when he tells me about a new gun he got with mm -hmm. some like confusing name that I don't know that mm -hmm. like gun guys know, um, and uh, I don't know, and it's just sort of illuminated the difference that like, huh, there is something different here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that gun guys are generically or stereotypically like macho dudes who 
if you are the type of person that I am who like generally sees macho dudes as compensating for their own fear, mm-hmm. uh, which I do, um, it's I generally see the subculture as like populated with like extremely anxious dudes with guns, which I don't love. Yeah. You know, so like I don't particularly enjoy the subculture, um, which is why I don't do anything in the subculture. You know, like yeah. I politically disagree with everybody. I went to the range the day yeah, after the right. election. I'm sure. I went to the range the day after the election just to see what people were saying. I just wanted mm. to like go be there and like hear the chatter around the gun shop mm. like on November 5th or whatever or 4th or whatever. And it was ridiculous. Like it's all this like they're stealing this election. It's just It was just a wild, wild yeah. thing, you know. And, like, there's complete psychos who are standing right next to me shooting guns. But, but you know, I'm kind of glad that it's not, like, from a civic duty perspective, I'm kind of glad that uh, it's not only complete reactionary psychopaths who have guns in my town. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's also me who has a gun in my <laughs> town. You know, um, not that that's ever going to matter, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. but there are some reactionary psychopaths at my range. I tell you what, mm. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. When I went yep. to buy my Glock, the guy first things first, Glock, re- Glock. Okay. I thought you were talking about my Glock. Yeah. Right. Sure. When I went to buy my Glock, uh, First things first, right off the bat, the guy at the gun shop wanted to let me know that Sandy Hook didn't happen. Oh my so gosh. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So this is going to be a real chill and normal conversation when right. I buy this gun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So yeah, it's that type of shit. Yep. Mm. Yep. yep. Anyway. Yep, yep. So, you know what is kind of interesting? Like you interesting? can just go to Walmart and buy a gun. Oh yeah. Like. You can go to Walmart and I, walk out of there with a 12 gauge. Yeah. I I mean, if I wanted to get a 22, which now I kind of do, I could yep. do that right now. Yeah. It, it's just crazy to me. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, it, I don't know. So wait, like most did you of, say you have a Marlin 22? Like a, like a lever action 22 or something? No. Okay. Uh, it's a semi-auto, but I, I would... I it's not good actually it jams. Yeah. Um I, I want really a don't like action. it. I want a you lever should. action rifle. Yep. They just are a, so fucking cool. It's like yeah, the, it's like the pump shotgun of rifles, you know? Just like yeah. Chick, chick. There's something about that like chick, chick. nice like wooden stock oh, like yeah, dude. golden mm-hmm. uh, like a Marlin or a Henry. There's a like top 10 22s. There's a Ruger that's like Mm-hmm. The most popular, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Ruger ten twenty two is like, yeah, yeah. That's like the I should have gotten that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's lever action, probably not. Um, but yeah, it's not. But anyway, if I could go back, I would get the Ruger ten twenty two because it's like ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Marlin seventy is up there, but uh, but it jams, so that's a big bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but a what lever action. What caliber are you shooting when you're hunting deer? Uh, so rifle was illegal for the longest time for most of my hunting career. Hunting with rifles, my county. Yep. So would you 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 handgun hunting? No, shotgun. Oh, I see. I see. So you use um, 
but like the shotgun so it's like different than like turkey shot like yeah, i have yeah. a turkey gun which is just like a break Works action yeah. yeah it's just straightforward mm-hmm. um but the deer gun has a scope a lot of people have a rifle Were you shooting bore. slugs or was it illegal uh, to shoot slugs yeah slugs yeah okay. so yeah mine's a smooth but a lot of people have like a rifled bore okay. for a 12 gauge with a scope like it becomes a, a rifle you know right but i just shoot like a smooth bore um but it with like rifled slugs mm-hmm. you know um but yeah but it's freaking accurate like i i my one of my first gun deer was a 110 yard deer and that's with a slug pretty, that's crazy with a slug isn't that crazy yeah um a slug yeah and a scope that's so crazy that like it would be illegal to shoot a rifle round but it would be legal to shoot a shotgun slug a rifled shotgun slug yeah you i know? think it's just that like they won't go as far uh-huh. like they really won't yeah, yeah yeah it's not so now in cataraugus county the county which is actually the county that i hunt in um rifles are legal so you know people are people are shooting like, like 30 30, 30 or out sixes yeah. and stuff like that yeah um, but I really don't know rifles and I don't even have one except for a 22 because I've never had reason to, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I do not know. I do not know decoy. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it would be interesting. Like I've, I don't think I've ever even like shot a big rifle. Hmm. Yeah. That's, you know? I mean, that's like, like what's that like? It's gotta to be less of a. Less than, than shooting a slug, for sure. for sure. Yeah, right. Those things are heavy. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's yep. crazy. All right, word. Well, I will. Oh, yeah, here, decoy. I will get back to you. We've been talking for so long. Ooh, we're just catching up. We're catching up, dude. It's been a minute. Um, what are you thankful for, decoy? Oh well, you know, on this Thanksgiving of all Thanksgivings, um, I'm thank. You know what I am thankful for? I got a new uh. Got a new couch. Our couch was bad. It was really bad. Where'd you get the couch? So we got the couch from Wayfair like three years ago, um, which seems like three years ago. This should be doing fine, this couch that you bought. And this was the first time we were like, we are not going to buy a couch from Goodwill. We are going to buy a couch that is new yeah. and that is nice and that's a little bit expensive. Yeah. And so we bought it from Wayfair. And we spent $750 on this couch. And we yep. said, this is a lot of money to spend on a couch. We thought, That's still like not a lot of money for a couch. Right. This is what I think we, ours was like 1200 or something. This is what we learned. So um, we spent a lot of money on a couch. Got it. It was amazing right off the bat. It had this like built-in ottoman. It was really nice, you know? Okay. And over time, we realized these cushions have springs in them in a way that most couches don't. Mm. like these are really springy cushions they go up your butt when you sit on them well after a year they do they just spring up right in there yeah and these all the padding on these cushions has compressed to the point where it's Mm. a box of springs with a cloth bag around it you know and it's incredibly uncomfortable and the dog even is like falling into the holes between the couch cushions. <laughs> and she's got one bum leg because she's got the, the leg cancer. Because of the cushions? Yeah. And so she, the dog is sinking into the holes and we're sinking into the holes. It's just miserable. And we're every day bitching at each other about this couch. We're just sitting there like, this fucking couch. Dude. I fucking hate this couch. You know? Yeah. So eventually, the other day, we were like, Charlotte's like, I talked to this family who I'm babysitting for 
and they have a super nice couch. But they don't seem like they have a lot of money. So, like, I was like, where'd you get this couch? <laughs> you know? You, they said, the West Elm Outlet. You go to the outlet for West Elm. You get all the West Elm stuff, but it's a little bit damaged, and you get it incredibly cheap. We go to West Elm. We find this couch. Ticket price, $3,000. We paid, like, 1300 Incredible deal. Full brown leather couch. Amazing. Amazing deal. Big. Wow comfy great so we got that we got a super discounted coffee table that has the like the thing that like lifts up the electronic uh it's not electronic but it's like spring loaded okay but like it lifts up towards you which is great because i the other day i just sat on the couch and did work all day because like i had like an ergonomic place for my laptop to be you know Mm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm very thankful for my living room right now and for the advice of the parents of the baby that Charlotte watches to go to the West Elm outlet where you just, they pay you to shop there, as my mom used to say. <laughs> About Kohl's. That was my mom's line on Kohl's. They pay, they pay you to shop there. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, like at Kohl's, like at, their whole thing is that everything is always on sale at oh, Kohl's. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that and like you gives can like, you like a million dollars in Kohl's cash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my and like if you sign up for the credit card, you get even more off. So it's crazy. So I always would, say, okay, go ahead. my mom would always just be like, Kohl's, they pay you to shop there. <laughs> That's funny. My line is, uh, is you gotta you gotta spend money to save money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> West Elm, That's West funny. Elm Outlet Store in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> they pay you to shop there. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so funny. But oh. I think it's really funny. It is. It's hilarious oh, because man. it's like a, it's like the psychopathy Re- of the American consumer, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, figured, like walking around giving money to big companies, like you're getting over on them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm listening. We're not done yet. Yeah. I've been listening to uh, country music radio sure on have. my fishing excursions because uh-huh. it just like feels right. You wear headphones when um, you do this? Or? No, not on the stream. Oh. Um, do you listen to anything on the stream? No, I have a strict no headphone policy. Okay, cool. You got to hear the river, feel the river. Um, <laughs> how will you hear yeah, the river speak to you? <laughs> and uh, I've, I'm like kind of observing, um, I don't know, like the culture, if you... If you were like an alien and you just listened to 106.5 here, like you'd be like, oh, interesting. A lot of people's favorite thing is buying cars, big cars, and they can't afford them because there's so many deals all the time that, uh, you know, you don't have to pay anything for forever. Uh Um, But it's just crazy. Like the amount of car commercials and truck and SUV, whatever, but the amount of like automobile commercials mm-hmm. on any given day on the country music station is overwhelming especially for like buy here pay here like oh it's crazy like no credit low credit no problem yep like we we're have, just gonna uh, put a gps tracker in your car that we can remotely disable your car if you're one minute late on your bill they do that that's a thing yeah wow uh that's like they, the the new thing is like these places that don't uh, actually do financing through banks they just do the financing themselves oh and that's their personal insurance yeah and so they they... just and most of their business is like because if you default on the loan 
you still owe them money, but they get to re-rent the car or resell the right, car. Right, right, right. Yeah. When they repo it. So that's their whole thing. It's just like creating more debt among poor people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. They I the the latest commercial that keeps running is um we have fifty million dollars to to spend on trade-ins. We have to spend fifteen million dollars on trade-ins. So bring in your you know whatever, and we gotta oh we gotta get we got something somethings. We gotta get them off the lot. You know whatever. It's just crazy. Um, people like pizza, football, and trucks. That's mm. what country music listeners like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like those things too. Don't we all like those? Do you things? like country music? A song. Here and there. But I would say that, honestly, let me be clear here. The more I have liked country music over time, the less I have liked football and trucks. Really? My pizza-like has stayed the same. (laughs) It's consistent. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm consistent on pizza. Yeah, no, yeah, maybe that's the same for me. Decline on trucks, for sure. But, uh, and football has never really been there for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I I liked football more at a younger age when I was going to bars a lot in Baltimore. Like cool. the Baltimore Ravens are a so dynasty. Like get into it, yeah, and be like mad when they fumble or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I lived in New Orleans right after the Saints won the Super Bowl too, so that was like a thing. Okay. So it's like a you know if you're in a city where there's like a good football team, it's yeah. kind of hard not to kind of like them. Yep, I hear you. I hear you, Deke. Um, yeah. Yeah, Deke. 106.5. Um, 106.5 was the station in Baltimore, too. For country music? Not for country. It was, it was oh, like the top just station. station. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I wonder if... Is there something there or is it just totally random? It's random. Okay. Like 102.5? Is that a popular station near you? No, but there's like there's only so many spots right yeah yeah no i know i just wasn't sure if it's like for some reason these bandwidths are like prime time bandwidths i don't no, know i don't think so yeah yeah no no i didn't i don't think so either um mix 106 that's what they called it 106.5 okay mix 106.5 yep okay mm. that's funny radio is so local that that's one of those things that that um it's like a pretty big part of your knowledge base that like nobody Shares. shares with you from other places, but you, but it's not on the surface, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, like we've never talked about this, but you don't know oldies 104 star 102.5. Yeah, or you, you don't, don't know, know 89.7 WTMD. I don't. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Broadcasting out of, out of Towson, Maryland. You don't know our local, like news networks and they're like what the weatherman's name is no you don't know the i team investigates i don't you don't know the why guy or yeah Mm. you just don't decal you don't know um yeah so my 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 financial plan for to heal the economy yep um not that it needs healing at the moment sure but my financial plan is that it should be illegal Yes. to uh loan money for cars or to loan what should be car illegal? you can't be illegal. car loans should be illegal basically yeah i think so yeah. too basically like i honestly think that would like help the majority of the middle class like in a huge way hmm. like huge um what do you think about this uh 
it should be required to offer car loans. It should be required to approve people for car loans for the cheapest class of cars. Yes. And it should uh, no, be illegal yeah. to charge interest on car loans. Interesting. So, like, well, I guess, like, the, the financial plan I'm looking for mm-hmm. is something where... Uh, so, so the it should be legal to charge interest on car loans. Like, let's just put that aside for a second, because okay. that's that'd be that's a little intense. Or, okay, what about this? What about this? It should be legal. You should have car loans, right? You should. They should be stricter about who they approve, obviously. But there should be a category of car loans at the bottom where everyone can get approved and there is no interest. I agree. Like, I think that. So, there like, if you be... want to finance your your hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. Um, and you have the money to do that, right? Like, go for it. And the financing company can make their money on financing expensive cars. But they have to finance some cheap cars for cheap, for people who need cheap cars, too. Right. So, there, like, there should be financing for cheap. Like, everybody should have access to a car, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like, there should be stuff for that. Mm-hmm. And, and ba- so, what I'm thinking is the average middle class person... Mm-hmm. Where right now they have car loans for new cars or mm-hmm. close to new cars, multiple in the same household, mm-hmm. they would be forced to to buy a, a like a more inexpensive older car, right? Um, and then they wouldn't have these loans. Sure, so that's my that's the end that I'm aiming for. So if we still make it possible to find, because like these people have good credit and good payment history, so it's not like they're a risk or anything. Right. It's just that that this um you know just sneakily ruin like constrains their financial life in a deep way sure you know um here's a thought though right if all of those people didn't buy new cars and instead bought used cars wouldn't you just be inflating the price of used cars wouldn't they stop Um, being so cheap if 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 people because like the reason people buy used cars right now or a lot of the reason people don't buy used cars right now right is because they can get financing at a dealership yeah right and so they want to go like they don't want to spend fourteen thousand dollars today on a 2012 whatever you know 2015 camry they don't want to spend fourteen thousand dollars today on a 2015 camry instead they want to go spend three thousand dollars today get a down payment and then get a new camry you know yep 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 Um, all right so if it inflates the price of used cars because now everybody has to buy used cars uh uh-huh um then you have to buy older more used cars right i guess yeah or you have to or car companies have to offer cheaper cars right because that's, I think that's a huge thing. Is these like trucks that everybody has are like sixty thousand dollars between forty Insanely and sixty thousand dollars. The truck it's economy ridiculous. is so dumb. I mean, like nobody can pay that and should pay that. Yeah. You know, no, the truck like, economy reasonable is people. actually dumb. Yeah, I mean, some of them are eighty thousand, but like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, what is a brand new Ford F one fifty? No, not don't even that's... worry about an F one. Go straight to F two fifty. You know. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like, I feel like, or like an extended cab 150. You know, something that has like one of those sort of more luxury how ones that people. much? Because I think like a does... baseline F 150 is like 50k, right? Something like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm. Interesting. What? A 2021 F 250 
MSRP is $34,000. Okay, that's not bad. But that's with no options, no nothing. So the, like, the crew cab is $38,000. Um, an F-250 Super Duty. Interesting. Wow, I'm surprised at this. So, All right, so now let's, let's go look at like a Dodge Ram or <laughs> you know, something like... An F-150, like... Right, okay, so nobody has the F-150 without the extended cab. Yeah, let's yeah. just establish that. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, okay, you're spending like thirty-five grand uh-huh. for an F-150 mm-hmm. with an extended cab. All right, what, what are you saying? I'm saying, like, let's go look at some other cars, right? Because, like, I think that there's, like, Dodges that we should be looking at here. Like a Dodge Ram. Yeah. Uh, how much does a dodge ram cost i didn't write cost um all right ram 1500 is a base price of 32k uh the all new ram 1500 trx is a high performance model and it starts at 70k there you go that's a big jump that's more like it that is a freaking huge jump like i wonder if we're seeing do you want two ram 1500s or do you want one ram 1500 trx what is up with that crazy like okay like nobody's buying an f-150 for twenty eight thousand dollars. no right? no one's like, getting that, that doesn't happen no one's getting that deal yeah okay i mean people are probably getting options and then getting them for like high 30s mid 40s yep that's that's what i would but I, so like i looked assume. at buying a tesla at one point right yeah yep and i was like first of all i'm not buying a tesla if i'm getting a tesla Funny. I'm, I'm leasing a tesla this exposes my bias because like I'm sort of pro Tesla, but here I am, you know, like sure. what if everybody was buying Teslas instead? You're buying a lot more gas for a big pickup truck than you are for a Tesla. That's for damn sure. Um, I looked at buying a Tesla at one point. Um, you can get a Tesla Model 3 for like $30,000, right? For how much? Thirty grand. Are they still doing that? Interesting. I, I did read that they just discontinued the Model 3. but Oh, did they? How much does a Well, this is the thing. Like the Tesla. options... If you really get the Model Three that you want, yeah, you're paying like forty two, forty five. Okay, so like it's thirty seven thousand for okay. the mo- the Model Three. Um, you end up in the like high forties by the time you right. get to the one that is worth. Gotcha. So if you want standard range plus is thirty seven. Yeah. Long range is forty seven. Performance is fifty five. Right. So you let's say you go long range because performance is just like make it faster. It's already super fast. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Long range. So yeah. you want long range so that you can take road trips and stuff. Yep. Right. And then um, I don't know what other options there are. Maybe like there's like some leather interior or something option that you want to get yeah. so that your car doesn't suck. Um, I forget. But when I priced it out, it was like just under 50K for the one that you want. Okay. And I was like, man, they sure do market this as a $30,000 car, though. You yeah, know? The car for the masses. Yeah. That's $50,000. Like, $50,000 car. Like, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah there's people like just the different i just feel like cars are the biggest difference between people who are gonna have an easier financial life and need better retirement and everything and the people who aren't you think so um and basically oh, totally i think it's I, houses. I feel like you think so yeah i think people interesting buy houses they i mean cars too right but i think that like i think okay. a decent number of people are driving cars that they can afford I think most people you drive cars so. they can afford. I think most people drive cars they can't afford. Yeah. I consider I a car you know, have a loan on. I don't know anybody. A car you can't afford. I just don't know anybody who's leasing a truck right now. 
Dude, you, you probably know you more live? people who are leasing trucks. I think everyone I know is leasing a truck. I live in North <laughs> Carolina and nobody I know is leasing a truck. Everyone I know That's is driving insane. used cars. Everyone I know is driving. And the people who have payments, they're like on civics and stuff. You know, like. Wow. And I, maybe you, I like, just know. Poor, maybe there's just more poor people here because it's like everyone works in the service industry and stuff. So it's just like. And it's. Di- yeah, it's different. Depending. I live in a suburb. Yeah. Well, I live and... in a suburb too. And. But I just don't talk to these people about their cars, I guess, where uh, I live. I mean, literally, like, you could just sit there and it's truck, 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 SUV, truck, 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 SUV, SUV, truck, truck, you know, yeah, yeah. like, it's rare to see a car. Um, Yeah. It's like everybody is uh just in deep debt with these cars. Yeah. And I guess with the housing, to me, it's like you pay some base price for living mm-hmm. in a house. And let's say that that's like every, like, let's say on average, like $1,200 or something. Mm-hmm. Twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a month for your house, mm-hmm. you know, mortgage and whatever. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you buy a cheaper house, like maybe, yeah, you know what? That is a big difference for sure. Yeah, but maybe it's maybe it's just like the car is just insult to injury, and usually there's two of them in a household that both have loans and yeah. And well, I mean, like, here's an example. And, so I've got some friends, right? And they're like, I know. I mean, I believe you when you tell me that. So like, locally, <laughs> keep trying to tell me that. Locally in town, I don't have a ton of friends who are like uh i guess like professional class people okay um you just got like because people people our age tend to be i mean i have some friends who are real estate agents who are making decent money okay um but other than that it's like most of my friends are like in a band and work in the service industry or like we're you know so like their financial life is different you know um it's much more about making ends meet um but the i have this one couple friend who are like doing well right okay and they live sort of near us and they have a much nicer house than us much bigger much nicer Mm -hmm. i would say more between two and three times the square footage of our house um with a base finished basement with a gym in it you know and like big tvs and they got uh, a Lexus SUV and a yeah, or sorry, an Audi SUV and like a Honda SUV, right? Okay, and that's yeah. like their family. So it's like yep, uh, his and hers, and then a baby, and then some yep. dogs, and they've just got this big old house and these cars, and you know, you'll wonder. You wonder how much all this is really costing, you know? Yep. Totally. And like you start doing math and you're like, how much can they really be generating? You know, like whatever. Right. And you're like, I don't know if these people can afford their life, you know? Yep. Or it's like, yeah. Um, but those are the only people I know, I think, who I wonder that about. Gotcha. And okay. I could also be wrong. They could just be bringing in way more money than I think they are. Right. You know? Yeah yeah i think it's maybe it's like a suburb thing i just feel like most people around me are that way yeah Not well most, it also might just be the economy here honestly because this is such okay. a weird town as far as like the economy of Asheville. there's just like not jobs here mm. Like the jobs that exist are working in hotels, working in restaurants, or selling real estate. Gotcha. There's no like insurance companies and stuff. No, and there's banks, no like, big employer. 
Gotcha. Interesting. So Interesting. Raytheon. Do you know about Raytheon? No, but it sounds like... Um, you ever see that Disney Channel original movie? You, were you in a Disney Channel original movie? I was not, not, but... Lived in Japan. Forget it. Go on. Well, Raytheon... Sounds like an evil company that's going to brainwash us by like selling us... No, uh, it is that. Discs we install on our computer? Um, so Raytheon, you, you will... If you've ever heard the name Raytheon, you've probably heard it in the same sentence as Halliburton. Uh, I've never heard either. Halliburton is a defense contractor owned by Dick Cheney, um, which is arguably the reason we started the Iraq War was for Halliburton to uh, okay. get in there and do some uh, do some oil pumping. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, Halliburton and Raytheon are often cited as like the major economic interests in the Iraq War. Um, okay. But Raytheon makes drones and bombs and stuff. They're a uh, they're a defense contractor and aviation company, quote unquote. Um, Raytheon just bought a company and is moving their factory outside of Asheville and is going to create like 500 jobs. So like mm. that's a bit it's big news that like yep. we're going to actually get a stable employer here. Yeah, it's weird mm. that like this is the hippiest town in America and <laughs> all of the jobs are going to be making bombs. <laughs> but uh the irony the irony of like all these peace-loving hippies who like need to pay yep. the rent and are gonna go make right. drones to blow up iraqi children or whatever but funny it's it is what it is say la vie Asheville, north carolina come for the hippie vibes stay for a good paying job blowing up a yemeni winning i guess that's something you don't i mean here it's all geico m&t bank yeah. uh it's banks and insurance is like I would say the primary employer and then hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so hospitals, and... that those are the only good jobs here is there okay. is a hospital. Um, there's yep, two right. hospitals. So yep. there's people who work in those hospitals and work in those, in the sort of arb- like ancillary businesses around those hospitals, like yeah. in insurance or in, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the only like major institutions here, right? Like we don't have yeah. a large company that's headquartered in Nashville. Um, yeah. What we have is a booming tourism economy, but tourism yeah. economies don't generate high paying jobs. They right. generate lots and lots and lots of low paying jobs. Interesting. So I the people I know who are doing well here are selling real estate. And that's, that's what there is to do here. That's interesting. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Fascinating. I mean, that's like my little tour of Asheville. It felt very quaint mm-hmm. and nice and pretty. And like, you know, coming from like Buffalo, I'm like, oh my gosh, imagine a city that, that feels like this, mm-hmm. you know? Like we have villages that feel like that. Tons, of, I mean, a good amount of them. But uh, But I don't know, like city proper is like not a place that I like to be. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a place anybody likes to be, but anyway, but yeah, hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. a wild, uh, it's a wild town. Hmm. Yeah, man. Um. All right. Well, I'm thankful for fishing and uh, flies tying. I'm thank you. I'm thankful for the opportunity to talk to you for more than two hours today, on this yeah. the day before Thanksgiving. I know the day of thanks. Well, the day before yeah. thanks. And with that, I would like to cue our outro music. Bum, 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 bum.